Welcome back to Golf Nerds. I hope you're all doing well, hope you're all enjoying your golf, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. It has been great to hear from so many of you. The emails, the Twitter messages, um, Facebook messages, and all those sorts of things. Thank you very much. If you do want to send me a message, you can find me on social media under the name Impact Golf Net. All one word. I'm Impact Golf because a long time ago I um, started my golf coaching business and I, I kind of wanted to hide. I felt a little shy and um, wanted to hide behind a company name. Now, I sort of wish I'd just used my own name. But then, it's kind of cool. I like having my staff bag with the logo on. So, that's why I'm going to continue to work as Impact Golf. Um, I'm recording today's podcast on my own. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I've got two or three things I really want to talk about. And two, I've recorded already two awesome interviews. And I'm going to release them week by week uh, over the next two weeks because I'm going on holiday which is the British word for vacation to you American people. Um, I'm going to Peru with my family and we're going to do the whole backpacker thing and we're going to do Machu Picchu and Lake Titicaca and all these amazing things. And I may or may not put up some photos of them. So I'm walking around my garden with my audio recorder chatting to you about golf. And I'm sure you've noticed this week is quite a big week for ladies golf. Um, And I'm aware that female golfers are a little cautious about the term ladies golf. Um, And I get it, it's been used almost as a, a term of criticism. Ladies tees, ladies golf clubs. All these things have a slightly negative connotation to them. But I have to admit, I've been in golf long enough now, I struggle to change my terms. So, um, I don't like women's golf as a term. Female golf just sounds clinical. Um, Girly golf is the name of some really bad clothes. Thanks, Girly Golf. I look forward to the sponsorship. And um, ladies golf just seems to work. Because really the term lady is a positive way of describing someone. In British culture anyway, she's a real lady is a, is a nice thing to say. So indulge me while I stick with it. Um, it's a big week in ladies golf because there's three really significant tournaments going on. There's a tour event that's a major on the ladies' tour. And they are always a big deal. And I really, really want to feel in my heart about the ladies' majors events in the same way as I do about the, Brit- uh, the men's uh, major events. Even the PGA. I'm ashamed to say I feel more for the US PGA than I do for any of the ladies' tournaments. And I feel bad about that. Because I am growing to love the ladies' game. Um, I've got 
loads of golf swings I kind of really admire on the ladies' tour and more than on the gents' tour. Um, I often find myself practicing wishing my swing looked like Morgan Pressel's um, because I just love the height she gets and the extension on the backswing is, is what I wish my swing looked like. Um, I think a lot of the ladies' golfers are actually cooler they understand how to be a cool golfer more than the guys do. Um, maybe you disagree with me there, and that's fine. Let me know if you do. Call me out on that. Um, I think a lot of the way the ladies golfers style themselves and pitch themselves in media is more fun and more cool the way that, than the way the guys do. Who wants to see another tweet from a tour pro that says, Good evening insert name of American city, really psyched to be playing, insert generic name of tour event. Thanks so much to, insert sponsor's name, for all the support this week. It's just so boring. And I don't see so many lady golfers doing that. Female golfers even, one could say. Um, There's a bit more personality in there. And maybe it's just because I follow those golfers of any gender who uh, present themselves like that. So even though I've got these folks online in the ladies' game who I really support and root for, deep down, if I'm honest, I still don't feel as psyched for their events. Um, But the major that's on this week for the ladies is, is a big deal, and they all jump in the pool at the end of it, in the lake rather, and it's a little contrived, but you know what? Who cares? That's fun. Um, I mean, it's more than a little contrived. I was hearing on another podcast that that lake they jump into is actually, they've turned a corner of it into a swimming pool to facilitate the jumping in because um, someone broke an ankle or whatever um, when they jumped in. But the ladies' major is on. Then, at the same time, there's a major event in the ladies' amateur games. The... Uh, Augusta National Ladies Amateur, Women's Amateur. It's got a really convoluted title, but the Ladies Amateur game that's happened in Augusta is obviously a huge step in the right direction for females being represented fairly in golf because it's rubbish that the LPGA Tour does not have an event at Augusta. But then it would be tough for them to do that since I think they only invited ladies to be mumbers last week. No, that's not true. But it feels that way. Far too late were ladies allowed to play golf as members at Augusta. And now they have an amateur tournament there. It's a shame there's no pro event there. Now, I'm wondering if there's no pro event there. Because actually the green jackets, that term described to use the members at Augusta, don't actually like pro golf. There is this huge divide in the game between amateur and professional golfers, and that's not even or just about the standards of play. It is about background. Traditionally, the amateur game has been the gentleman's side of the game, while us dirty professional golfers go out and chase money. And that element of respectfulness, I think, is championed still by organisations like the Augusta National Golf Club. 
who I think would not hold the pro event at Augusta if they had to start it all again. I'm not sure of that, it's just my feeling. I've only spent a limited amount of time with green jackets and um, they were all very nice to me. But there was a lack of warmth or something that I couldn't put my finger on. And I asked someone to explain that to me. Um, Someone in the golf industry, but not a pro golfer. And he said, it's because you're a, they see you as a golf industry pro who's not a player and you're kind of the worst of the worst in their eyes. And you will never cross that line. You will never be able to win them over because you're just bleeding this game dry for money. Now, those of you that know me will know that I wish I was bleeding this game dry for money. But, you know, I'm not bleeding anything dry for money. Um, But yeah, I get paid for golf stuff. And um, I can see why some people don't like the fact that folks like me get paid to support their precious game. Um, But... You see, I, um, I enjoy working in golf, mostly. And I don't want to stop. I might tweak the boundaries of how I work in golf at some point. But ultimately, I enjoy working in golf. And I don't think there's any shame in that. And as much as golf as a whole needs passionate and committed amateurs who will do things for the love of the game. And golf wouldn't exist without them. And I would not be a golfer without passionate amateurs. Golf also needs hardworking professionals like myself. Well, it needs hardworking professionals and ones like myself um, to do jobs that... Whoops! Haha! <laughs> that really... No one else wants to do. I do do some work in golf simply because no one else wants to do it. Um, There's a British phrase, where there's muck, there's brass, which means in more open English, where there's dirt, there's money. And that's a good way of starting a business to bring money in straight away is look for what people don't want to do and use that as a way of getting your foot into an industry. And I have done that. And I still do that when I'm looking for more work. Um, So with that in mind, I think professionals have a... Non-playing professional golfers have a role in the game. So it's really sad that the LPGA, as the elite golfers in the world the elite female golfers, don't get a chance to play a tournament at one of the landmark courses simply because of what I can only describe as sexism or bigotry or snobbery or a combination of all of those. Um, I had that conversation briefly with someone and their response was, yeah, but Augusta have come really far. You know, they let black people play now. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
you can't you can't justify an organization being bigoted by saying well they're not quite as bigoted as they used to be if you know something is wrong it doesn't stop me I, I pause then I'm not going to edit I'm just going to keep going okay if I hit someone and kick them if I then stop hitting them but carry on kicking them it's not okay for me to say in my defence at least I stopped hitting you it's still wrong that I'm kicking you the right or wrong status of the kickery is not impacted by the fact I've stopped hitting you with my fists and in the same way the fact Augusta National now lets black people play and lets black professional golfers play at the Masters doesn't change the fact that they don't have a tournament for women golfers it's wrong there I've said it it's not something I'd like to see changed. It's not, oh, it'd be a nice idea if at some point... It, it's wrong. Augusta should change. Quickly. Because if they don't, well, nothing will happen because the whole game stinks when it comes to their attitude to women, when it comes to our attitude to women golfers. And I'm including me in that. Because I said at the start, I am ashamed... Do you know what I'm ashamed of? I can't remember the name of the ladies' major tournament that's on this week. I think it's the ANA. But I'm not confident enough to say it. But I've come outside to record my podcast in the garden, which I'm sure you can hear. I don't want to go back in to Google it. And I don't want to re-record. So even though I really like the game of golf, I really like following the ladies' game, I've only been doing it a few months of with any energy and so I can't remember the name clearly of this major isn't that bad but would I be the only one am I the only one of you who can't remember the name of that event I, I'm, I'm drawing some flack by admitting that but I'm happy to do so because I still will follow the event when I get back in to the house and remember what it is um, and I'll still be rooting some people to win my favourite players and I haven't got really low down deep inside the knowledge of the game because I am new to following the ladies game of golf but I am following it I can tell you what Michelle Wee carries in her bag when she's not injured um, because I, I, I find it fascinating um, I can tell you what custom wedges a few golfers have got because Callaway's guys throw out some awesome tweets of the coloured ones. And although lots of the ladies' ones are pink, which I'm not sure how I feel about, to be fair, they are cool as well. Um, but I do wish golf companies would stop making ladies' golfers' clubs pink. Um, and there's a reason for that, but I might save that for another podcast. So, the third event is, is curious. The Ladies European Tour, the Stacial Tour, which is the um, European Seniors Tour, and the um, European Challenge Tour are playing 
an event together. A, um, on the same course, they're playing for one trophy from different tees out in the desert. And I love the fact the European Tour are really keen to go nuts on events. They're not shy when it comes to experimenting. I really wish they put a, um, a scramble on with mixed field. Men, women, seniors, even juniors. I'd love that. Amateurs. And not like really good amateurs, like regular amateurs. And not make it a joke pro-am. Get those guys, give them handicaps and they're part of the tournament playing for a Sunday afternoon check up to the amateur status limit. I'd love that. Wouldn't it be exciting to see some guy who plays off 18 wobbling over a four-foot putt to um, win the tournament? Wouldn't it be even better if that was because a couple of pros missed it and this guy, Joe Schmo, from down the road, um, who runs a place where you go to get an afro, um, wouldn't it be awesome if that guy was wobbling over a four-foot putt because a couple of pros had missed it and he had to hold it to win a proper tournament. That would be fantastic. I wouldn't care if he won or lost. It'd just be awesome to see that. So, European Tour, I know you're a fan. Um, please, um, please make that happen. Uh, I can consult with you on how to implement that. I'm very expensive, but worth it. Um, on the subject of bleeding the grain dry, eh? Um, no, that event's awesome. And I've heard some criticism about it going, oh, well, if a lady wins, they'll say it's because the ladies' tees were too short. Or if, uh, if a regular, um, well, one of the Challenge Tours players wins, they'll say it's because the pins were in a good position where they could attack the ball with spin and lady and senior golfers uh, can't do that. Or if a senior tour player wins, they'll say um, something equally as negative that I can't remember. Well, this is the podcast of admitting my weaknesses. But you see what I mean? There's criticism before the game's happened, and actually the game looks really cool. Have you seen the graphics? Please go in, look out, um, I guess, Ladies European, Station Tour, uh, Challenge Tour, social media. There's some amazing graphics of these guys walking through the desert. Um, it just looks cool. And I'm super, I am hyped for that. Um, I don't know so many of the players on that tour. Well, I do, actually. Like, I know who I want to win. I'd love to see Barry Lane do well uh, from the seniors tour. Um, from the ladies tour, Becky Brewerton, local last to me. Um, and then, um, well, the challenge tour, I have to admit, I don't really know anyone. There's a pro from Chester I know plays on the challenge tour. Chester being a city in the northwest of the UK. But when I say no, I mean went to the shop he works at two or three times and chatted about clubs. Um, so if he happens to win, I'll claim like we're besties. But in reality, you now know the secrets. Um, I can't even remember his name. So that's it. two things on this podcast I can't remember. Um, let's not talk about my wedding anniversary. So those events, they're all happening. And do you know what's great about them? It's the fact they're happening. Because they're all, you know, they've all got massive things going on from the great for ladies golf do you know what's rubbish about them that happen in the same week so it's really difficult for us golf nerds to follow them all because they're happening in the same week and how can you 
How can you follow three games at once, especially when one game is three games in one? That's some Inception level shit right there. Um, it's just... Uh, do you know why? Do you know why those three games are happening all at the same time? I'll tell you why. Well, I'll tell you my guesses why. One, the major. We're going to call it the ANA. I may be wrong. The major's happening because that's when it happens every year. And that's the way major tournaments happen. Cool. No problem. Tick. Correct. Um, that major championship is happening a couple of weeks before Augusta. Well-scheduled event. You don't want to clash with the Augusta National, the US Masters, do you? No. That would be stupid. You clash with the tournament that's on this week, which would have been the Shell, now is the Valero. Important men's game, but not, not a big deal, really. So the ladies' major has got a chance of some viewers. Correct. You've won. The next one. The amateur one. Well, now you're drawing attention away from the ladies' game. Do you know what I mean? You're, you've got two big ladies' tournaments on at the same time. That's a scheduling error. It doesn't take a genius with an events planning degree to work out that that is a mistake. Okay? If you um, go to the PGA school or any of the major PGA schools, you learn about event planning. Or, you know... If you go to the American one, they mention they are events to be planned and then they teach you how to fold T-shirts for that event. Um, and what, what you'll learn when you're planning an event is, really early on in the process, check the schedule to see if there's another big golf event on when you want to host yours. And if there is, you bump that date as much as you can. So, the ANA happens roughly this week every year. So Augusta National, I hope, have done project management or event management 101 and looked at the calendar. And they've gone, ah, yeah, we shouldn't put it on the same time as that ladies' major because that, that's going to suck attention. We're going we're gonna to dilute our audience here. They're going to be confused. They're not going to know what to watch. Even some of those lady amateurs won't know which to play in because some of them will have had a shot at playing in the major. There's usually a few slots in a... Any major golf game for amateurs. But no, Augusta have not done that. Because they don't give a crap about the pro game. And to be honest, it would appear they don't give a crap about lady golfers. Enough to give those high-level amateur golfers a chance to play in a major. So they put on it the same week. Fail. You've lost there. You've lost my respect. And it was, as you may have picked up, pretty low. I do respect the Augusta National Golf Club, like the grass, the holes. I respect the pro event they've hosted. But do you want to know what else? I really want to dislike you guys because you get it wrong so often. Um, and this is just another example of how wrong you guys get it. You should not schedule the flagship ladies amateur tournament at the same time as, a, as one of the flagship pro events because you're going to make it difficult for the amateur golfers. But you're Augusta National Golf Club, and you don't care about the pro game, you don't care about the players, you care about doing something that looks right in the eyes of the golf industry, who you don't really care about, but you need them now to pay your bills. I don't like Augusta. Okay? I don't like you. I think you're a bad organisation. 
trying to look okay and you've made a mistake. Next up, the um, European event. Do you know what? This is more excusable than what Augusta have done because what they've done is the week before the US Masters and the time when there's a ladies major on, they've provided a genuine alternative field event that's actually interesting to watch. I think, let's for example, say we knocked out the um, Augusta game and it was just a ladies major, Valero and the crazy European game going on this week. I don't think that'd be a big deal. There's always going to be more than one pro event on. Often there's going to be two or three good ones on at a time. I'm going to be honest, I'm not so interested in the Valero. Nothing against it. Regular tour stop. Um, I'll keep an eye on the results because I'm interested in who does well at Augusta. But beyond that, it can slide. Um, the ANA, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty interested in that. It's difficult to watch ladies golf because they don't put it on TV. But I'll be following it a bit on Twitter, seeing how my, my girls are doing. And then the European Tour event, well, again, it's difficult for me to watch because I'm the wrong time zone, like a million wrong time zones. But I'm, I'm pretty happy to watch highlights of each round, and I want to follow the stories around it. Um, and you're going to get more of my eyes as a reader and a viewer simply by this event existing. The problem is the amateur game, isn't it? Because I want to give that some time. But then I'm split three ways now. Um... If that's on. Because I, w- I would love to watch any golf that's happening at Augusta. Because as I said, I really love the track. Not the people that run it. I love the track. Um, but I'm not likely to now. Because to be honest, I'd rather watch the fun event in Europe. Or the major event from the LPGA. Because I don't really know any of the amateur girls playing. I read this beautiful article... Um, about a girl who was she was a bit overweight uh, how she'd been bullied and golf.com wrote this great story about her finding herself and not being bullied all because of golf and you know what I was bullied and uh, golf helped me find myself so I love that story but I'm not going to have the energy to follow through that girl's progress or anything beyond this one girl's because there's two other events at the one time because Augusta National wanted to put this event on because they only close their course for their members so many days, weeks a year. And so, um, oh, it gets even worse, doesn't it? So they close their course a few weeks a year for the big tournaments. Their members taking priority, like any dickhead country club. Um, yeah, you can tell me why I'm wrong for that. I understand what you're going to say. In fact, I know what you're going to say. So, yeah, whatevs. Um, and so... What's even worse is I bet you these ladies, amateur golfers, are actually going to struggle for access to their club to practice at Augusta because the gents will be using it for practice time as well. I know that because Tiger Woods played that today because at TW Legion tweeted uh, photos, I think, of Tiger at Augusta. uh, How wrong can Augusta get things? Do you know, it's as if they're taking their lead from an organisation as incompetent as the USGA, who also managed to get everything wrong every time. Um, 
Oh, golf shooting itself in the foot reliably. <sighs> I've had a rant now. You know, I'm walking around in my garden, dodging poos, turds, the assistant pro has left on the grass. And um, had a rant for 28 minutes straight. Barely a breath was taken. All because of Augusta National being a rubbish, rubbish organisation that doesn't care about anyone. Oh, I felt good though. I think I had that one brewing. So, thanks if you've listened so far through. I've got a couple of little gems for you to take away. Really do watch the ladies golf this weekend. Try and watch as much of it as you can. Doesn't matter from where. If you disagree with me, you want to watch Augusta, good on you. It's a beautiful track. um, And I'm sure there'll be lots of beautiful golf played there. I will be fascinated to learn how the lady amateurs who shoot good scores around there play it in comparison to the guys. Um, It'd be great to see the different approaches from a golf nerdery point of view. And then, um, the ladies' major. You know, what's good about that is there's a lot of press around um, ladies' game. Look at these players. Look at what's in their bags. Go and look at their stats. Find a lady golfer who drives the ball as far as you do. Okay? And um, look at what clubs she's got. And think about your golf bag. You know, for example, um, if you um, are a regular amateur golfer, which there's a strong chance you are, um, just, just due to statistics, you're going to be average and an amateur golfer if you listen to this podcast. Um, so let's say you hit the ball, let's say generously, 240 in the air. Um, just because I've looked at the stats of driving distances for amateur golfers and 240 is a pretty good number for any amateur golfer. Um, Find a ladies golfer who drives the ball 240 in the air. See if you can get her Trackman numbers. Or see if you can work it out from Trackman data how far a five iron would fly for a golfer who hits the ball 240. See if it matches up with yours. It's probably going to be close apart from loft jacking and all of that sort of thing. Look at her bag makeup this wonderful lady golfer you're going to search. Look at um, shaft flex. Look at club length. Think about your own game. Think about your own golf bag. Let me give you a clue. If this lady golfer who's flying the ball 240 in the air and shooting under par on serious golf courses is using regular or stiff flex clubs, why have you got X? Just a thought, just a thought. A little club fitting tip there from an experienced golf pro who's leeching the industry of all the money you can. Just wondering why you've got X-Flex clubs uh, compared to a tour pro of any gender who hits the ball. No, sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm wondering why you've got stiffer and heavier clubs than a tour pro of any gender who hits the ball the same distance as you do. There could be some good reasons for that. There should be some genuine fitting reasons for that. But um, I'll let you today work out what those are and if they suit you. Um, They're going to be the exceptions, not the norms, though. 
Um, just another question for for your head. If you're um, this lady golfer, she flies the ball two forty off the tee. Um, if she is carrying a seven wood and flies that, let's say two hundred or even one ninety. Um, why are you trying to fly your seven iron that far? Just a wonder. Just, just a question. Um, that's what I'd be looking out for this week. Using the golf media, the golf media's increased coverage of the ladies' game to learn about my own game. And also... Um, Please, if you can, pick a favourite female golfer from this week. Try your best, dear male golfer, to pick one on the way she plays. Even the type of club she uses. To be honest, on anything other than how pretty she is. Okay? Unless that's how you pick your male golfers, then I stand corrected. Um, because, you know, a lot of them are fine-looking young and older men. Um, I'm thinking of Colt Nost. What a fine figure of a man. So, I think we're going to wrap that. So, like I said at the start of the pod, I'm going to Peru. So, two podcasts coming up. Um, they're really good. I really liked recording them. I just got to top and tail them. And um, top and tail putting an intro and an outro on them. Um, write up all the text and they'll be upline one each week while I'm away. I might put some photos of my trip up. Probably won't, though, to be honest. Um, Why would you want to look at photos of me and my kids in Peru? Um, I'm not going to play golf. I'm not taking golf clubs. Um, Because that would be a pretty dull way for me to spend a day in Peru. You don't go on a backpacking trip to Machu Picchu to play golf. Uh, You go to check out Machu Picchu. Um, And if you want to see photos of Machu Picchu, I strongly suggest you Google Machu Picchu and then click images and there'll be loads better than the ones I take as well um, I think we're good thanks for listening 35 minutes of dreams and 28 minutes of rant um, get in touch let me know you're listening um, I'm supposed to say like click review or something but oh, you're just going to write bad stuff because I'm pretty boring um But yeah, if you want to, on your favourite podcast host, leave a review. Uh, Do one for me. And if you don't want to do one for me, do one for No Laying Up, because I wouldn't exist without that. And you should listen to that podcast, because it's awesome. Um, Yeah. No, don't listen to No Laying Up. Whoa. Listen to The Trap Draw, which is the the web.com podcast. If No Laying Up is the PGA Tour of podcasts. Uh, The Trap Draw comes from No Laying Up. It's got the same folks on. But they're not sponsored and all that stuff, so it's back to old no laying up and they just chat shit about fun stuff. Mostly golf-related, often music-related, but it's awesome. Uh, Yeah, do that. And then um, leave me a review, leave them a review. Um, Subscribe to my YouTube and, um, yeah, I love you. Take care. Goodbye.